Welcome back, everyone. Um, this is myself and Giles Hutchins for part three of the Restoring Life podcast, the Tea Sessions, as we've named it, um, on such a beautiful spring day. Again, I have a cold kombucha tea with me today instead of a hot one. Um, but we have come back together again to talk about the third stage of the mythic vision quest, something that we've been exploring over the past couple of weeks and something that's dear to both of our hearts and souls. And of course, stage three, which I know a lot of people across the world are currently starting to question, (laughs) is uh, aptly named the return. And although uh, we haven't quite entered that stage yet, I would say, in our global COVID-related situation, it's definitely something that I know a lot of people are contemplating right now, and certainly something that we started to talk about last week, hey, Giles, around what if we switch the new normal to the new natural. Um, So in the week that has passed, you know, it almost feels like so much changes on a daily basis, and yet nothing changes also in that lockdown scenario. Um, How has the new natural been expressing itself for you, Giles? And and yeah, how can you see your own return starting to blossom forth at this time of year? It's very interesting uh, because at the kind of global level, as you say, I can, I notice there's a sort of shift towards now, okay, um, how do we, what happens beyond lockdown? That seems to be the general um, where people are focusing. And I've noticed the level of traffic starting to increase as well. Yes. Um, so people are, you know, starting to get about doing things. Um, and yet, you know, it's quite a funny situation because many of the statistics are sort of not necessarily indicating a, a, um, a, a an easy way out. Um, so on a personal level, uh, I've always found the sort of the, that third part of the journey um, of really of, of going into a depth of oneself and then coming out it, it's quite interesting it's quite challenging actually because on the one on the one hand it feels quite easy just to return you're coming back yeah um, you don't have to do anything special and yet to actually learn and bring that learning into the new natural uh, into your how you are being in the world is, quite challenging because one when one returns from the journey from say perhaps a vision quest in nature or being in a different situation to then come back to the normal daily life whether that be work post uh, pandemic uh, of course all the old triggers that we were habituated in beforehand all the patterns of behavior and so forth start to to play out and so we kind of can come out of the vision quest thinking I want to be a different person or I want to learn something from this change that's happened and yet we get triggered by the old stuff that can pull us back so it's Mm. kind of quite challenging actually rather than easy I don't know how you feel yeah no I agree I agree and because on one level from any quest where we have really immersed ourselves in a do, in a new environment, in a new situation, in a whether that's chosen or enforced, like our current uh, situation, we have been changed. You know, so at, at a fundamental level, we are not the same person that went into the adventure. And I think I watched Charles Eisenstein say this once beautifully when he was doing a talk over at um, Hawkwood 
where it was I'd actually asked him a question about you know the power of story and actually does story have the ability to catalyze change and he gave me perhaps one of the best responses I've ever heard which he said you know I'm less about making lists of actions or habits I want to crack or commitments that I'm going to make and more about realizing that once we have heard a new story and moreover once we've experienced a new story we are forever changed by it, whether we realize that consciously or not. And I had to stop and really think about that for a minute and absorb it into my bones because that, for me, feels true. So this experience that we're all having right now, uh, you know, in our various different forms, we have all been changed by this. So we will never be the same Genevieve or Giles or, you know, any one of us that began the lockdown and yet when we do return (laughs) to whatever that new natural is as you say the temptation of the system or the immune system of the system shall we say that wants to keep that old way of being going will do everything it can to reinstate itself so the power of choice becomes paramount right Mm, well yeah Uh, I love yeah what you were just saying there and also what Charles shared it's this it's also that we're shifting a diff- into a different way of knowing, a different way of being and knowing. Um, and uh, that is the, the challenging piece. We, we want to rationalise it. We almost want to capitalise the learning. Yeah. And that's where the little top 10 lists of or commitments or check. And some of that is useful. I mean, we have an aspect of the, our humanity that needs that. Right. And so that's, that's okay. Let's not throw that out completely. Um, and yet what we're exploring here is a shift in way of being that actually enables us to open up to a different way of engaging with life that's more attuned to life, that's more, as you say, the new natural. And what you just shared about Charles Eisenstein reminds me of a quote by a, a, a poet, uh, Rainer Maria Rilke, mm. who says, do not seek the answers which cannot be given you because you would not be able to live them. Um, And the point is to live everything. Live the questions. Perhaps you will then gradually, without noticing it, live along some distant day into the answer. So it's, it's, it's this desire to package something up and then make it a new way in which we behave. Um, uh, take a learning and go yep yeah, that's how I'm going to change and some of that we need yeah uh, but balancing that with the uh, a different way of knowing which is what I explored um was what I sensed in that time of underworld in that time of journeying was something that I can just have, hold space for in myself and allow it to live a bit that way of attending that open-heartedness that aching that way of connecting to something beyond the rational how can I allow that a bit more space for that to come into my life and that and may enable me to live the questions a bit more and question and be more curious with life um, rather than more sort of focused or pensive so it's sort of purposeful in a deeper way rather than the so what is often seen as purpose and sort of creating some outer object you know direction it's actually a purpose as a way of living more purposefully by living into each day um with a a clearer sense of being oh love that 
absolutely. No, I agree. And I love our oh, Rilke. Just, I always have to stop for a moment and breathe <laughs> just to kind of take that in. Um, I love the thought and I've really noticed this um, and really just resonate with everything you just said, because actually I've noticed my questions have started changing. That's been a really distinct experience off the back of this particular vision quest that I've been having personally is when before we went into lockdown um, my questions of purpose exactly as you just described were very outward focused so they were very even though there was a there was a balance of how can I be in this as well as what can I do my focus was very outside of myself in fact almost to the point of I would say messiah-like sacrifice on my bad days, you know, which is like, you know, there's so much to do, and and how can I best serve this, and how can I, how can I lay everything on the line to get out there and help people or the planet or whatever it might be, whatever cause was alive in my world at that one week, and what I didn't see until we went into this period of enforced kind of quietude or at least enforced. Um, you know, I wouldn't say stagnation, but being in one place for a long period of time is actually, my questions have now shifted and they're much more inner. So now, as you say, the same kind of balance of being and doing is there, but it's much more about how can I show up in my world today? You know, how can I bring joy to those people who are immediately around me today? Um, I don't necessarily have to do as much. I mean, there's still, you know, I still have my to-do list. I still have my client work. I'm, I'm lucky in that sense. But there's a much more of an inner arc of attention around, am I truly making the most of every single moment that I am alive today? Am I taking the time to go walk barefoot out in my garden this morning because I'm lucky enough to have one, you know, and feel the grass on my feet? Am I taking a moment to breathe and really meditate, actually, in some form, in between every single meeting or interaction that I have. And that just brings such a different quality, as you said beautifully, to purpose and presence right now. Yeah. And there's a practice, perhaps, then it becomes a practice sort of living more purposefully becomes a, a practice that we we practice all the time and yeah. life itself is the practice. Yeah. Um, and, and, and when I went on a vision quest for 12 days in Colorado, um, whilst I had a period of time where my heart was open and I was in this sort of Satori experience of um, what one might call enlightenment, where everything was very light and, 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 and uh, alive and I was completely at one with everything around me, uh, I came out of that um, and, and was able to notice how to kind of struggle back to that place yeah. um, during the vision quest. Um, and it, the only thing that was preventing me from being in that place of deeper calmness was my own self, my own ego. And I think what happens when we return out of the journey, we come back into normal life or we return out of this pandemic, is that we just get caught up in the routine, the humdrum, the busyness. And a lot of it may well be angled towards, you know, trying to help the world. And yet when it's sort of all on the outer focus, as you said, um, then we are peddling on the outside, but it's not being connected in, this, in the right way for, from the inner 
and we're not bringing the whole of ourself to it and we're not allowing something deeper to come through us and so if we can somehow practice that that's what going away or having a break or um, going into a pause or a winter or going into a journey enables us to see to sort of extract ourselves the ancient shaman used to actually go into a cave or actually take themselves out of the light right so we can then when we come back into the world we can see things differently um and I, I, one might argue that we can do that all the time with the day and the night um or one can do it in our own routine you know after each meeting as you say going out and walking barefoot in the garden is a way of reconnecting to that a deeper way of being in the world um so yeah that's that's what this return journey offers us yeah um how we bring that into our working life yeah agreed it's interesting i was just um contemplating on this this morning as well because another thing that i'm hearing a lot of right now uh is this idea of of seeing differently so seeing with different eyes and again this is something that i really noticed whenever i come back from either a very physical quest uh where i've removed myself out of the world into nature or as you say just a period of of like the winter moving into the spring or, or something like we're in at the moment is it's almost like i've i've had blinders taken off somehow or a veil removed if you want to use that metaphor or you've just taken off your rosy tinted glasses perhaps <laughs> to use another metaphor and there's a different quality to how we're perceiving the world and the events around us and of course so many people writing right now about this idea of 2020 being the year of 2020 vision to go back to that old acronym and and you know how might we see perhaps for the first time truly as a global civilization um rather than as you know segments or nations or communities or tribes even so i i wonder how much of our return right now will maintain that quality of of a new kind of sight Mm. And how that new kind of sight is available to us all the time. Right. Um, we create in our own minds the ability to see or just see with a, a, a specific lens. I mean, again, Rumi quote, you know, we live in prisons with the doors wide open and it's up to us to be able to walk out and see differently. Yeah. Um, so back to practices again. If we can fold in some simple practices, deep breathing, heart breathing, bringing awareness into the heart, walking barefoot in the garden or meditating, yoga, exercise. Mm. Um, it doesn't have to be necessarily um, anything um, that we're not comfortable with. Um, and yet bringing that quality of presence just shifts our perspective subtly and then the more we do that the more it can really as you say sort of open our eyes up um so another quote seeing as we're in quote mode (laughs) we um, are today aren't we (laughs) the uh, french philosopher i I love uh, marcel proust greatest voyage of our lifetimes is not in the seeking of new landscapes but in the seeing with new eyes yeah yep absolutely i love that one i love that one and and you know as you say Oh, I've noticed it today. Um, you know, as you're interacting throughout throughout the day, um, 
this sense that you described so beautifully from your last uh, vision quest in Colorado, we come to a point in the journey, that second stage, where in whatever form we kind of reach this, it's almost this purity of connection and enlightenment and feeling deeply a part of the entire matrix of life around us and the universe even. Um, and yet holding that quality of attention is is challenging as we start to think about returning because almost like the trappings of our persona start to come back on, necessarily so, to be in the world. Um, and I've noticed it just this morning, you know, I kind of had this beautiful morning where I woke up at 3.33 and that was very synchronistic and magical and I went and meditated for an hour and just was, watched the sun come up and was aware that today is earth day you know and and there's it just feels like today is a big day in in many ways so I wanted to bring that quality of attention into the rest of my day and yet naturally as I move in and I'm still doing client work so you know I had normal human HR stuff coming up this morning and I found my almost you know I could sense that trigger as you said and I could watch myself almost about to go into creating a sense of separation between me and them, you know, whatever the them is being labeled as. And I had to literally take a step, take a deep breath and and smile at myself because, you know, I came that close to tipping over the edge of just going, diving right back in again. So that sense of, I guess, the biggest challenge for me is always in the return. Can I bring a sense of that interconnection between me and all people, all life, all things, all events, if we wish to go quantum on this, and into everyday experience, no matter what is unfolding around me in the outer world, what is the quality of attention and practice of that, as you said, that I'm bringing to it moment to moment in my inner world? Mm. Yeah. And so back to the, the global story of... I was returning to the new natural. Yeah. You know, let's watch ourselves. Let's let's be compassionate with ourselves because there's going to be parts of each of us that are want to going to just going to kind of get on with things because that's <laughs> how we did things. Right. And there's some need to do that to pay the bills or to make things happen whatever. And then there'll be parts of us that will notice like you were saying Genevieve, where we go, oh, hang on, am I creating a separation here? Am I just de- going on default mode? Am I truly connecting with what's unfolding? Yeah. And just noticing that is all I think we can ask of ourselves. Um, and then, of course, there's the, the bigger story, you know, which is how can I help influence a shift? And, and, and I, I like Charles Eisenstein's work where he makes no differentiation between what we do at an individual level in our own life, whether it be helping someone across the road or smiling at someone in the shop, all the way through to, you know, um, working with leaders or or standing on a platform um, speaking. That It's all part of the same thing, which is how are we wishing to be in the moment? Yeah, I love that. Um, being an avid practitioner of yoga, um, I remember very early on when I started learning, practicing, playing with that, um, one of my teachers actually said to me, how you do things on the mat is how you do everything. <laughs> and that has stayed with me 
forever as a reflection of that you know whether I get frustrated on the mat or I try and push myself too hard or I'm competing or if I just let all of that go and simply drop into that space that quality then affects everything I'm doing in the outer world Um, and you're reminding me of a wonderful wonderful leader I worked with a good few years ago now and reconnected spontaneously this week which is why I guess he's in my mind and I remember he was one of the most bless his heart uh, traditional linear left brain thinkers I've ever, ever known and he was incredible at that the precision and yet we we kind of went for a mini immersion you know similar to how you and I uh, bring people out for a few days and uh, there was a moment when he was on his return and we came back and we sat in circle and we were sharing some of the experiences we'd had and he beautifully shared with me and I won't go into the details but he shared with me a moment where he'd been sat on the cliff overlooking the ocean and for the first time in his life the ocean he felt had spoken to him he'd asked a question and he felt he'd gotten an answer straight back and you know with a tear in his eye he looked at me and he went can we really just work on ourselves and have the whole world change (laughs) and I remember taking a breath and taking that in and and just simply replying yes Yes, I believe we can. Um, And that was just one of the most poignant memories I have of a beautiful return, a beautiful return that I (laughs) was able to hold and witness. So, yes, may we all, may we all be really aware of that mirror and the inner and the outer arcs of attention, um, as many would say, and how interwoven they always are in every single moment. And recognising when people come back out of lockdown and whatever shape or form that takes, we have all had different experiences and some people have lost loved ones. Yes. Um, Some people have had challenging situations. Others have found um, expansiveness in other ways. So we've all had quite different experiences and, and yet we've all experienced something different. Yes. Sorry about that. Oh, that's all right. It's the tea sessions. We're very informal here. (laughs) Absolutely. Okay. Well, thank you, um, Genevieve, for hosting. Thank you for joining with me and jamming. And I guess this is worth a a moment of saying that we will, you will hear more from Giles and I in the coming months. Um, You know, we are watching intently and seeing how the how the situation in the UK unfolds, how the situation globally unfolds. But one of the things we intend on doing this year is uh, hosting nature immersions and vision quests on your incredible piece of land um, in, in, you know, in the UK. So we will be in touch. And if you are interested, I will put the link in the show notes to this. And please do reach out and, and talk to us about that because this, I believe, and I know you do as well, Giles, this is perhaps one of the most pivotal practices that as humanity we've ever held actually throughout all the eons of time um, and it really is one that feels ever more relevant to our times of transition mm-hmm. yeah um, I, I look forward to uh, hosting some vision quests with you I really do well, thank you very me much, too Marie. thank you so much my friend until we meet in person again and I can actually hug you 